to another edition of the Merchant of Magic podcast. Uh, today I'm joined with Ben Williams. Hello. And Mark Henderson. Hello there. And I'm Dominic Rays. Uh, we're here at the Merchant of Magic Magic Shop and we're going to rattle on for about half an hour talking about whatever we can um, muster up for muster you. Up for you. <laughs> <laughs> so how's, uh, how's things your week gone, Ben? Uh, really, really well. Really, really good. Kicked off amazingly with a lot of great feedback from everyone. Uh, don't want to bang on about that, but thank you. Yeah, we did the surveys, didn't we? Yeah. We did the customer surveys. Yeah, very uh, immensely happy with all the results from that. So thank you for everyone, and thanks for your continued support. Uh, but apart from that, everything's been hunky-dory. Um, just uh, a cool few cool new things in the pipeline that we've got coming out. Um, we've got some uh, interesting plans for all of you beginners out there. And uh, so just some projects in the in the works, which should come to fruition very soon. Yeah, and you've been doing some work as well, developing Deceptus yes. that we've got releasing on the 22nd. Yes, the 22nd of May. This is the object inside CAN. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go to our blog and check out the videos on there, or just search Deceptus on our website. Uh, there are links all over the front page. And uh, have a look, it's the most awesome object, borrowed object, inside drinks can. Where yeah. you throw the item in and cut the can open to get the item out. Well, we're going to talk a little bit yeah. about that later, aren't we? I'm going to give some ideas and maybe some presentation ideas for people that uh, maybe answer a few of the questions that we've had, uh, yeah, been sent in over this last week as, as more and more news has leaked out about Deceptus at its release. Exactly. So, yeah, it's been productive and fun, I think. <laughs> And Mark, how's it been? Uh, for guys, uh, Mark's never been on the podcast before, um, but if you've emailed the Magic Shop, chances are you've probably had a reply from Mark. Had a reply yeah, from Mark. Dealt with me. <laughs> <laughs> how's it been, Mark? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just been a normal week in the Magic Shop, really, isn't it? Loads of good emails to reply to, loads of good phone calls to listen to, loads of orders to put out. It's been a good, good week. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Good. Uh, and for me, yeah, things have been going really well. Lots of gigs. Haven't been able to get to the magic shop quite as much as I wanted to. So big thanks to Ben for uh, keeping the place and Mark for keeping the place sort of running. We just party when he's away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, cool. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about first is is I was having dinner with a magician last night, uh, Mike, and he was telling me this terrible tale that's happened to him. Oh, I think I know the story here. Yeah, Mike, <laughs> Mike's diary. Mike's and, diary. <laughs> so what's happened is Mike, um, really busy magician, he's gone over to London, he's parked his car in a really nice area, he's gone off and done his gig, come back, window smashed of his vehicle and the two next door as well, uh, and all three cars have been completely robbed. I, I, I haven't had this experience at a gig but I have had this experience in the past and walking back up to your car and seeing the smashed window is one of the most awful feelings you get in the pit of your stomach it's terrible so I really feel for him yeah he's, he's a children's entertainer as well so he carries quite a bit of stuff he was doing close up that evening but he had all his all his setup as well all his speakers and everything in the back which uh, they didn't take but what they did take was his laptop uh, which is fine, that's okay, because I'd already shown him when he first got it how to get Dropbox up and running, so all his important files are already in Dropbox. Thankfully, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'd forgotten all about that, so when he bought a new laptop, um, it was a surprise for him that he came over and I said, oh, I'll help set it up for him. 
um, up downloaded Dropbox again, and boom, he had all his accounts back and everything like that. So it was good. Big sigh of relief. I yeah, think massive. But they stole his work diary, which was in the bag with the laptop, and that's what really got him because. Um, He's old school, isn't he? He's he old school. Everything in the diary. Yeah, has a booking. And, and, you know, you could be driving along and a phone call happens, you pull over, you grab your diary and you write the booking down, phone number, contact details and things like that. He doesn't tend to use contracts. So he will just take a booking, he'll take the name, he'll agree it and that's it. It's in his diary. Right. No backup. He'd lost absolutely everything. <gasps> so, uh, yeah, he, <laughs> but he didn't know what to do because... Because often as well, you might not... So, okay, some people will come back and recontact you a few days before if you haven't contacted them. But that isn't necessarily always the case. It's most likely going to be a complaint after the event. It is, yeah. Magicians, you're not a top priority for someone running an event, so they just assume that they're um, that you're going to arrive. You've already said you're going to be there. Yeah, the whole year's worth of work that he had lost. Had no backup <laughs> on it at all. I shouldn't laugh, really. It's actually quite <laughs> devastating. Did. Did. <laughs> yeah, privately. <laughs> but um, you know, the good news is they found his diary. A week later, he got a phone call from the police and they'd found the bag on the M40. And they didn't have the la- Obviously, they'd taken the laptop out and just thrown the bag out of the window. Um, and his contact details were in the diary and the police phoned up and he was able to recover it. But for you know a couple of weeks... He just thought, okay, I'm not going to be turning up to any any of these gigs. That's um, a horrendous feeling. I bet yeah. he didn't get much sleep. Yeah, I, I can believe it. So, <laughs> so the thing to take from this is you've got to have more than one backup for your for your for your diary. Yeah, you should do it online. Use something like Google Calendar. Um, I tell you what, I I tend to do is I will get a booking form. I either if I get the booking form e- emailed back to me, then I'll print a hard copy out and put that in my file. If I get the booking form posted back to me, yeah. then I'll take a picture of it and I'll save that to my computer on Evernote or something like that. That's a great so idea. So that uh, I have both a physical copy and a copy on my computer, so that you know, and then it will go in my calendar as well, and my calendar backs up automatically. So. Yeah. You know, I have it in three different locations so that you can draw on any one of them at any time. See, I have it in my calendar and then also um, any of my agents as well, if work has come in, they can access, because it's online, it's a Google calendar, they can access that and they can just put in notes in there as well. Uh, So you can give third parties access to it. Uh, But if I get a booking form in, then that's scanned. And again, I use Evernote too, and and it goes into Evernote. So Mike is old school, and he just wants to use an old diary. So I said, if you take a if you take a booking, take a photo of that page, yes, and just store that photo, you know, in your camera roll if you want to, uh, or upload it to Evernote. But you can still use a traditional diary, but quick photo on your smartphone, and you've got backup. It's so easy to do. There's not really an excuse not to. Yeah, and you're going to take your diary with you because sometimes you get work. You get phone calls on the road, hmm. uh, and you're probably not going to take your diary into a gig with you, so it is going to be left in the car, which is the most dangerous place, really. Because you're parking, <laughs> you're parking all over the place. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I can't. I can't imagine what I'd do in that situation. The pit in my stomach would just be falling out of me. I think the heart would stop. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it worked out all right for him, but you lucky know, Mike. Good yeah, yeah lucky. lucky Mike. <laughs> Oh dear. So, um, I was going to talk a little bit about Deceptus. 
this new release that we have coming out. It's uh, by uh, another magician that works here called Jimmy Strange. Uh, you may have spoken to him on the telephone or, or had an email from him or so. Uh, he's actually an immensely creative person, but uh, he he doesn't put his ideas out that much. So, yeah. you know, you know when he does put something out that he's thought about it a lot and he's performed it a lot as well. So every week he comes into the shop oh. and he's like, oh, I've been playing with this. What do you think of uh, this idea? And, I know. You know, that smarty... I secretly uh, hate it. He's looking at. Well, <laughs> it's a bit like you, Ben. Because yeah. you, you're doing that as well. But you, you're doing that with cards and with mentalism and things like yeah. that. Yeah. And he, he tends to sort of build things, doesn't he? So he comes in and he's built something yeah. out of a, a trip to Hobbycraft. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's got this idea on it. Immensely creative in that, in that aspect. And he has very... Um, his his original sort of introduction to magic wasn't the traditional approach of either you know learning some card tricks or simple coin tricks and then progressing onto everyday objects. He had no interest in that. So his his beginnings of getting into magic was learning lots of strange, weird uh, tricks and principles, which has shaped how he creates magic now. So he usually has off the wall thinking and and very creative methods. Because he's not a card magician, is he? No, 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 not at all, not at all. So it does tend to be strange. And, and again, from from the type of magic that he's interested in, it's slightly more bizarre magic, isn't it? Oh, very much so. If you if you've seen Jimmy, he's uh, he's got purple hair, tattoos, very kindly spoken and a very kind man, but uh, but very alternative at the same time. So yeah, his magic reflects that, which is perfect for his character, which is a, a great thing. But uh, but yeah, so he he. Devised Deceptus, which is a uh, borrowed object inside a Coke can, or any cider can really. And uh, you literally show the can all the way around, there's no slits in it. Uh, you then borrow an item like a ring, or a lighter, or a coin. Anything that will fit into, yeah, into the can. Yeah, essentially anything that will fit into the can. You simply just throw it into the can. Um, <clears throat> now this is how Jimmy uh, has been performing it. But... Upon, I asked Jimmy, because he's been doing this for a good two or three years now, uh, and we love it here at the Magic Shop, and I asked him if it was all right if I went around Blackpool showing some people. Because I, at first, when, when I was first shown it, I was I liked it, but I didn't think it was possibly commercially viable. Mm. I think I liked it, but I didn't know whether spectators would like it. I didn't know whether I liked The method was so clever. Yeah. But I was impressed with the method, but I didn't know whether it would be a fooler. Yeah. And I couldn't see past the method. Yeah. So um, you guys were, like, waxing on about it. So, <laughs> oh, you've got to look at this. You've got to, you know, Dom, pay, pay attention. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it's great. It's, it's good. inside the can! Yeah, I know. And I was like, yeah, good. Because Jimmy, like, every week he comes in yeah. with a new idea. Yeah. And things like that. So uh, it could have been released a lot sooner than maybe it, it yeah I it think had. it's I think it's nice though because it's given Jimmy some time to perform it it's also allowed us to perform it without anyone else knowing about it for a long time as well this is true <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which selfishly we can feel good about yeah um, but uh, but yeah so I went around Blackpool showing some people the response was immense it was really really great I hope you know if you're listening and you're one of the people that saw it um, you know get in contact and let us know you know uh, what you thought about it exactly because uh, we showed loads of people, and uh, and uh, my good friend Alan Rorison, I showed it to him. He instantly fell in love with it, and he started jamming ideas, and some of his ideas are on the DVD. They're absolutely fantastic. 
Um, you'll see on our blog, he's got uh, Deceptors performed off a spectator's hand, mm. which is just so powerful. You show the can all the way around, place it on the spectator's hand. They, you borrow a ring or something, place it on their other palm, and you take the can and you just touch the hands, touch the can to the hand, and the item penetrates the can. And then you can instantly have it shown all the way around. You can hand it to them, make them check it really is that object inside the can. And it just puts the magic in the spectator's hands and makes yeah. it so much more impossible. Well, he, he put the object on the, on the hand and he put yeah. a can on the, on the spectator's yeah. other hand as well. Yeah. In, in clip. So that's, you know, and there's so many psychological benefits to, being, to performing that boldly as well. You mm. know, it, it's not only is it... Um, a cool aesthetic it looks great but it, it it's more powerful for the spectator because it's happened from their own hand mm. but also they've had the feeling that you don't have any cares or worries about these objects and that reinforces the the normalness of everything yeah and so suspicion levels decrease yeah so you're opening up their mind to a, a, a different way of thinking they're not thinking so much about you know what might be dodgy with a can or what you might be doing dodgy as a magician because you put it all in their hands yeah so it's changed it changes the perspective of it entirely um so alan if you're listening thank you very much buddy he also came up with a cool sweet little way to do an instant reset for it so if you don't want to cut the can open to get the item out you can melt the item back out of the can yeah that is good which is great yeah if you want to do that walk around or something like that yeah i personally feel it's such a strong effect it should be there's no reason that if you if you're doing a gig, you can cut the can open on a few of them, and a few of them don't cut the can and yeah. reuse it. Yeah. Um, and as people talk in the event, they'll see. Like if I do a billing orange trick, I'll give them the orange at the end. I'll allow them to, you know, the orange will be cut open and their notes in there. And then sometimes I leave the orange on the table for them. Right. And sometimes I don't. Uh, and it kind of doesn't matter because they still see oranges lying around. Yeah. So I haven't got to get necessarily as much effort on every single table if I'm doing a lot of tables. But the, those oranges are lying around all the place. Psychologically, that says so much. It, it really does. It's, um, and also, when people speak to each other, you know, with something like Deceptus, if you melt the item back out of the can for some people and mm. then and then you cut the can open for other people, that who's to say that these people won't misremember the process and say, yeah, I had my ring, he threw it inside the can, it melted inside, it melted back out, and then it got stuck inside the can, he had to open the can up and rip it open to get the item out. That's how they might remember it in the future and tell it, you know, which makes the story even greater. Yeah. You know, so... Well, going back to what I said right at the beginning about me being sceptical when he was showing me the prototype... Yeah. Um, and it shows from having used it and seeing what spectators, how spectators react to it and the psychology on it of it, yeah. which perhaps I didn't appreciate when I'm just looking at a prototype and an yeah. idea in the shop. It's such a world of difference. Mm. Um, so I'm really glad that I then took that out yeah. with, uh, and, and yourself as well and see really how it plays. Yeah. And until you see, like the videos of Alan in the, in the Ruskin, until you actually see the reactions that you get with it. And that, that was reactions from magicians. Yeah. Cynical magicians, that, you know, a, a magic convention that have spent the whole day looking at magic and looking at and talking magic theory, you yeah. know. And it highlights the need that you've got to separate this knowledge of magic 
and understand what a spectator yeah. sees and the difference between the fact that you can't really ever see it. It's very but hard to see it like a spectator. Matter. Yeah, and I struggle with that, I think, because I'm seeing method all, all the oh, time, yeah. every day. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough to remove yourself. But, uh, you know, I, I think, I bet any magician, if you could turn back the time and just have one day where you didn't know any magic and you could just appreciate that feeling again, I don't think there's a magician out there that wouldn't take that opportunity. Yeah. You know, I know if somebody said to me, I can erase your magical memory for one day and then it'll all come back to you, would you like to do that? I'd be like, yeah. Because then I have a whole day of watching magic and being fooled again and knowing how that feels. Because yeah. it's not just something you see, it's something that you feel. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Do you still get that, Mike? Do you still get that sort of feeling of uh, like wonder like I you did before you knew anything about? Magic? Yeah, I mean, coming in every day and Ben saying, hey, look at this, look at this. It's <laughs> just, I still get that kind of boyish, <laughs> jumps around like a giddy school kid I do I do I stamp my feet and everything with glee it's, um, yeah and seeing Tim come in he's always got so many ideas things yeah. that he just developed he's like oh look at this every single day he comes in it's something new and it's always something amazing as well yeah yeah very much so I keep thinking and saying to Mark that one day the cynicism will kick in and he will stop kicking his feet around like a school kid no it won't but you know how, how many months in? It's nearly a whole year he's been working here and, and he still is excited by it, which is great. I think that's that's fantastic to have. It, yeah. it shows a love for magic. Yeah. Well, we've, there's always new stuff coming, isn't there? Mm. Every week there's new releases and, and the new bits come in. We have a play with it all. and Essentially, it's playing with toys, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's just like kids in a candy shop, isn't it? We just get to play, play <laughs> all day whenever we want. Uh, so, you know, there's, there's a few times when something comes in which is so much fun things like Luba's Gift or 100th Monkey or something when you immediately see it and you, and you just play with it for half an hour you're like look at this what's Luba's Gift I haven't I haven't looked at that yet I know Tim was was saying how good um, good it, I think he bought one didn't he yeah yeah, yeah. have you got so have I <laughs> yeah uh, Luba's Gift is uh, the professional sort of collector's edition of Luba's uh, box uh, it's Luba Fiedler's Gazinta boxes. Oh, is that the box inside a box? Yeah, so. yeah. It originally came out with two small little plastic boxes. One was red, yeah, one I was black. This. And the black Clever. box fit inside the red box, but the red box fit inside the black box as well. Yeah. Kind of like a Tenyo thing. Yeah, yeah. Very, very puzzling, very uh, astounding. It gives you a real moment of, hang on, that shouldn't happen. But uh, Luba's Gift, uh, the, the new release, it's a Paul Harris Presents release. It's been manufactured by Alan Wong, uh, great materials. They've gone through painstaking care at making sure that the, uh, the boxes are the perfect size, made out of the perfect material. Um, one of the boxes is designed to be a packing box, almost like you would receive in the post. So it's got stamps and, and things all printed on it. So, oh, that's cool. So it looks like it's been posted to you. And the box inside... Less like a toy then, really. Less it's like a toy, like... yeah. It's more like something you would have lying about, very organic. And inside is uh, a present box, which is like a yellow and red stripe box. So the contrast between the two boxes is huge. And you really do, um, when, you, when you take the present box out of the packing box and you put the packing so box... So what's together, the effect then? So you've, so you've got two, bo- two cardboard... Are they cardboard? Or are they, uh, so they are... Uh, they are uh, I, I'm not sure the exact composite of what they're made from but they're uh, supposed to look like uh, yeah they, they, they look like, like cardboard, cardboard boxes boxes. yeah they're cardboard, cardboard boxes they're made out of a special type of cardboard though but um just for more durability but uh but yeah the idea is you have a, a box you open it up inside that box is another box you take that box from inside out yeah and you open that one up and then you take 
the original box that was outside and put it inside the box that was inside. <laughs> it's it's such a perplexing thing. So so you you open a box, take out a smaller one, and then you put the larger box in inside the smaller, the smaller one. one. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a, a a real mind-boggling effect. It's like yeah. Doctor Who. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so could you so could you take this the the, 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 la, the larger one is a packing box. Yeah. yeah. So could you take that over to a table and, and act really excited that there's your new magic tricks arrived? Yeah, I, I imagine there's presentations and everything. Take out the gift box, open the gift box and take out a magic prop. Yeah. And then put the then packing box inside, inside the, gift, the box gift box and put that aside and then you've you've introduced exactly prop. exactly the the way that I'm looking to perform it myself is to uh, is to put the box down and then have a prediction inside the box um, oh. it's not a written prediction I, I can't go into the details of my routine but uh, but it would be a, uh, an actual object inside the box that is a prediction so I open up the box and inside is a gift box inside that gift box is the prediction. So uh, you get a great effect then. This will be my closing effect on a table because then I'll thank everybody and as I pack it up, I'll nonchalantly put the packing box inside the smaller box and then... Uh, you Do know, you think you need to draw attention to that? No, right? you don't because that's the beauty of how they've designed it. The, the contrast of the two boxes is so visually clear that when you see the packing box go inside the present box yeah. and you close the lid of the present box... The red and the blue, the red and yellow stripes just scream at you, and it's and it, and it visually just says this shouldn't have happened. So when would you do that? Because you've got a prediction. I, I'd reveal the prediction. Yeah, and when, you've got to let that when the dust drop, settles from that. Settles, yeah. When the dust settles from that, I thank everyone. Hope they have a great evening, and I'll just be packing up my props and nonchalantly put the, the larger box inside the smaller box, and then you will see people go, hang on a second, and I'll give them a little nod and just thank them and walk away and let them talk about that. Excellent. So, so yeah, really, really excited by that one. <clears throat> so, you, um, we've, we've uh, posed a question on Facebook, didn't we, which was about playing cards. What to do if you arrive at a gig without playing cards? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we did, yeah. That's getting quite a few responses on our Facebook page. So, uh, thanks to everyone who's contributing on there. Uh, that's really helpful because we'll turn it into a blog post. Yeah. And we can use some of the suggestions and tips as well that but, um, but everyone has, uh, has contributed there. Mm. But, yeah, uh, so it's happened to me. Has it ever happened to you? Um, I have, I've not mistakenly done it. I deliberately set myself a challenge to do a gig without a card trick. Did you? Yeah, which went really well. Um, uh, but uh, I don't know why I haven't done it again. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things that I felt so proud of for doing it, but then... You know, you you have certain areas of comfort and certain areas of, of confidence within your performance, and one of those things is a lot of the card tricks that I perform. I, I you know I have great confidence in, and and I love to perform them as well. So to leave them out, I kind of feel, um, you know, a bit like I'm I'm leaving a baby, you know, my baby at home or something. There's a couple of really sweet routines that I love to perform with cards, so. But, yeah. uh, but it was liberating not, not doing uh, a gig with cards because you really have to think on, not think on your feet, but just think more creatively and go outside of your comfort zones, which is always ideal to do every once in a while, I think. Yeah. It keeps you, it keeps you fresh and it keeps you, stops you getting stuck in a rut of, of the, the same old, same old. Yeah. For, well, for me, uh, it was a complete mistake. I, I'm <laughs> sure I had a couple of decks in my case <laughs> and uh, I must have used them at the previous gig. And uh, I got there, and all I had was half a red deck. <laughs> and, uh, so, uh, 
so okay, I could have done a couple of packet tricks. Yeah, you know, um, hope I've I, got four aces in here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, did, I had sort of maybe a quarter of a deck or something yeah. like half a deck. Um, so, but that's all right because I don't do a great deal of card magic anyway. No, okay, it's mainly coins and mentalism and sort of yeah. bits and bobs and you all sorts of things. Started off with coin magic as opposed to card magic. Didn't I you? did. Yeah, I kind of introduced to card magic reluctantly to mm. balance the act. Yeah. But it was coin magic that got me mainly into it. So, so it wasn't. Uh, what was really good fun though was going into my case and digging out all the bits which I've got there that I never perform normally and like reserve yeah. tricks. Yeah, and putting those through their paces. So Realise that like, they're, they're actually very good tricks. Yeah, and they shouldn't necessarily be reserve tricks. Yeah, you know? but if you do forget a deck of cards uh, and you're in a panic, there are things you can do aren't there you can definitely use business cards there's no reason why you can just take a stack of business cards put some symbols on the cards instead uh and yeah you'll know a few tricks yeah force a couple of cards i suppose you can like we could always stop at a petrol station and stop and try and find a deck of cards if you didn't mind yeah clumpy bridge (laughs) (laughs) waddington's yeah yeah yeah, I mean, that's that's if you think of it at the right time. You know, if you've got to your gig with lots of time to spare, which you should do, you might have time to pop out and find, you know, a petrol station. My personal opinion is is, is that if you've introduced yourself, you want to remain professional and act as if nothing is wrong. And I think that as a professional magician, you'll have been learning magic for many years. And with a simple piece of paper and a pen... Within five ten minutes, you can jot down at least twenty different tricks that you can perform with this with the items that you have, and I think you know you should challenge yourself to to make them entertaining as well, because I think it, it would make a booker nervous if you turned up you know before your gig and then went hang on I've, I've just got to go out and, and get something you know you you kind of give off the impression yeah. of, of not being uh, in control and and not being prepared, which is something two things that a magician should always be should always be in control and should always be prepared well you're never going to run out of playing cards are you mark because you collect them <laughs> i do i've got 70 or so at home that's, right. that's seven, seven zero not one yeah seven. yeah, yeah. <laughs> seven zero different decks i've got probably hundreds of just duplicates oh yeah yeah, yeah what's your favorite if you had to pick if you had to pick if there was a fire and you've got to go and save one you've deck of cards one deck. i would save the red ltds you gave me yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the red no. LTD still sealed in their cellophane, never been opened. <laughs> oh, those would be the ones. Do you keep those... all the decks sealed? Most of them. Really? Some of them don't you want to crack it open? And some of them that them? don't have the um, the back designs on the box. I like to kind of open up and have a look, and then I feel really guilty. So, oh no, <laughs> I've, I've literally just ruined the value of this. I'm, oh, I'm just going to go and cry. It is a true collector's thing, though. It's like buying, you know, uh, toys and never opening them out of the box or something. You know? Yeah, I don't understand <laughs> that. I know collector. loads of people really enjoy it, but I can't understand why you wouldn't want to play. But I suppose yeah. you'd have to buy two. I'd have to buy two. Yeah. And open a deck and play with it, and then have a reserve. Yeah. That's yeah. what I tend to do. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. I mean, but with with items like the LTD deck, they're, they're, you can't buy them. So if you do manage to get hold of one, then you should keep hold of it. Yeah, you know, so. yeah, yeah. Just keep but it forever. What's your opinions on um, on performing with these uh, more stranger design decks? Do you feel that uh, lay people think that they're trick decks, or? Um, well, a lot of lay people probably haven't really seen many cards outside of kind of Waddington's cards and stuff. Yeah, um, if they play poker they might have seen some poker cards but if 
you're a magician, they'll either think they're trick decks anyway because you're a magician, or oh, they'll true. just think, oh, he's just got a nice deck of cards that he's using. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, bicycles are only normal to us because yeah. we're holding them all the time, regular bikes. I, I, I totally agree with that thinking. You know, I think if you were a, a violinist, you would want the best violin to play on. So mm. if you're a, a card magician, why should you not have the best playing cards? Uh, yeah, but are designer decks necessarily the best play? You know, most of these cards are all coming from the United States mm. playing card company. Mm, yeah. They're all coming off the same production role. I don't think that they have completely different machines built and set up there, for every car, every deck no no. it's the same but, but you introduce the graphics in, I don't know this for sure yeah. but um, from what I've picked up about Magic there's not that much of a variation you've got you've got a few different you've got air cushion haven't you and yeah you've the got, air cushion finish that's yeah, yeah. Uh, I think there are there are different um, variants of card stock so the thickness of the card mm. would give you slightly different rigidity in the in the playing cards and there are variants of that but I so think so do you think the machine for when, when they produce a run of design uh, you know someone comes along does some really great artwork does U- US playing card company remove everything from their machine and all the great big rolls and everything get a custom roll and of this special card stock I, and put it in for that machine I, for a 10,000 deck run I don't think they'd do it for a 10,000 deck run, but they'd do it for a 50,000 deck run. Mm. Right, yeah. Um, but, but also, uh, going slightly back to the violin point, um, this, uh, a really, really nice violin, does it not just play the same notes? Yeah. So no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. ever played... <laughs> I play guitar, and I've played some really rubbish guitars and some really good guitars. Okay. And you can play the same songs, and the good guitar will always sound better than the bad one. Okay. I think, but and the okay. way it feels, the way you hold it, the way you play it, the way you feel about playing it, you yeah. will play the nicer guitar better than you play the not so nice one. That's interesting. Interesting. Be interesting theory. in a blind test if you had, if mm. you if you had the guitar the guitars and you didn't know which was. Oh, maybe it's psychosomatic. Maybe it's all in your head. That doesn't make it any less valid as well. No, no, so if you feel great holding a deck of cards that you really love and you feel special about that, it, that's going to carry on through to your yeah, performance, isn't yeah, it? And you can, yeah, of course, that's the placebo effect. Is that, is that taking sugar pills and being told it's going to cure you? That it genuinely it works. Even if you're told it's a placebo effect, it still works. It's it's an anomaly that nobody actually physically, actually scientifically understands. Mm. Um, but if you have something like that, which helps your confidence and helps you feel, um, you know, better about your performance, then take advantage of it. You know, because because the majority of card work that the majority of magicians perform don't really require a precision deck of cards no. more than a deck of bikes. No, no, no. I can't think of anything um, that I do. If you're doing really does. intricate shuffle work and stacking yeah. decks and things like that, then maybe you have a... Uh, a you know, uh, but day to day, how often does oh, that no, actually no, happen? No, not, not, no, for, not, for the, not for the sort of magic that I perform uh, with playing cards. The only thing that I could think is if you are, if you do do flourishing, and flourishing is is uh, a staple part of your act, then having a nicely designed deck of cards can look beautiful if you have a beautiful um, tempo of flourishing. Um, yeah. You know, a standard bicycle deck would look great, but if you have a deck with a really nice design that. When it fans, it gives you a, a nice, pretty design and everything like that. I think that's uh, that, that's where it looks absolutely stunning. So, wh- where do you keep your cards? Do you do anything special to them to keep them preserved? Or? Um, I've got them in display cases. 
Oh, okay, like cool. Wooden, kind of like picture frames, but thicker. Right. And I've got them up on the walls. Oh, wow. So it actually becomes a picture? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've kind cool. of got picture of the kids, box of cards. <laughs> box of cards. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, well, that's all we've got time for for this one. Indeed. So, uh, thanks ever so much, guys, for listening. Um, if you've got any problems or questions at all, drop us an email over at support at magicshop.co.uk. Uh, check out the blog. Um, we've just posted some articles. We posted one about essential items that magicians should, every magician should own. We get a lot of questions. We get a lot of comments back when people have bought magic DVDs uh, or tricks. Uh, surprised that perhaps uh, a magic DVD that teaches some tricks doesn't come with a deck of cards. Yeah. Um, or there'll be um, uh, a DVD that might have uh, one trick in it that requires maybe some invisible thread or something like that. Or glue or something. Yeah, and glue. And so, uh, and that continually surprises people. Um, so we posted a, uh, a little post on that where we discussed the sort of the toolkit that every every magician should have of staple bits if you're going to start building magic and, and maybe jamming and making your own magic tricks. Yeah. So if you have any more questions or anything that you'd like answered, just let us know and, uh, yeah. and we'll do our best to help. Cool. Um, yeah, drop us an email. Um, and uh, you can get in touch on Facebook as well. Yeah, go on our Facebook um, page. There's a link on the site um, for that. Uh, check out the trailer as well for Deceptus. Mm. Um, we've posted Alan performing... Um, the, the traditional sort, I think he disappears a lighter, doesn't yeah. he, into a can. And then we've just posted another clip of Alan doing the in-the-hands um, um, penetration, which I think you'll really like. Yeah, it looks amazing. So, yeah. so uh, that's all for us. Thanks for listening. All right, take care. Bye.